Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From our socially distanced virtual lunch table in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Mader, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Christian Mader. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. In the U.S., we measure distance in time traveled. How far is your house? Not 10 miles, 10 minutes. Try it on a European, they find it very confusing. But that's our standard of measuring how far it is from point A to point B, at least in conversation. And here in Acadiana, it's equally important to have an accurate measure of heat. But when somebody says to you, how hot is that sauce piquant? What do you say? You're left with uh, reverting to a use of language that is maybe more Asian than English, where the meaning of a word changes with the intonation, sort of like sweater weather. In discussing gumbo, it's hot has a vastly different meaning than it's hot. While we might understand each other, you can't communicate with anywhere near the precision you, you had when you were discussing how far it is from here to your place. Which is curious, because there actually is a scientific measure of spiciness. Heat, in this sense, is measured in Scovilles. A standard bottle of Tabasco sauce is around 5,000 Scovilles. And keep that number in mind, 5,000. Because there's a guy here in Lafayette who grows his own peppers, and he's famous in the world of pepper growers for breeding and growing one of the world's hottest peppers. It's called the Primo Pepper. Remember, Tabasco is 5,000 Scovilles. The Primo Pepper is 1.5 million Scoville units. That's hot. The Primo Pepper is the creation of Troy Primo, which is spelled P-R-I-M-E-A-U-X, but everybody calls him Primo. P-R-I-M-O. Primo, welcome to Out to Lunch, Acadiana. Hey, thanks for having me. If you want to try Primo's peppers, but you don't want to risk blowing the top of your head off, you can try sensibly tempered versions of the Primo taste in various forms, in hot sauces and in the Farmer's Daughter brand of pepper jellies. You can find these products in a number of stores across the state of Louisiana, and you can also find them online at the Amazon.com of Cajun Food, a website called CajunCrate.com. I'm not sure if CajunCrate.com has every single product with the word Cajun in the title and every single food product made in Acadiana, but it's got to be close. They have everything from Nunu's original Cajun seasoning to Zydeco Chop Chop and thousands of other items. You can also get a box of assorted Cajun goodies sent to you each month in an actual Cajun Crate if you're a Cajun Crate subscriber. Cajun Crate has been a successful business from its earliest days in 2016. Its creator and owner is Tara Guidry. Tara, welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. Thank you for having me. Primo, your business, Primo's Peppers, is in a very interesting position. Um, from literally a piece of dirt in Lafayette, you've built a worldwide reputation as a pepper grower. And in the world of pepper people, and, and I understand it's a very real and sizable world, you're a celebrity. And if anybody needs an indication of just how big of a business peppers are worldwide, they don't need to look further than Avery Island and the gigantic success of Tabasco. Um but despite the potential size of the market and your well-regarded position in it, you run your pepper business more like an artist runs an art studio than like a CEO runs a brand-driven company. You're still growing peppers on a local plot of land, and you still have, you're still hands-on with every aspect of your product, from horticulture to processing to packaging and delivery. Um, seems like you've got everything in place to blow this up in a 
bigger way, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to make this observation. I mean, what's stopping you from taking sort of a bigger leap? Is this, you know, a choice to stay artisan or or is it kind of a more typical production bottleneck? I'm going to blame COVID, I guess, this time. But, but it's, uh, <laughs> that has delayed things. But no, it's it's getting a, our own facility in Lafayette and just putting up the money and almost more the time and doing it. Um, I mean, Popeyes are knocking on door. There's a lot of, there's a lot of potential there and it just frustrates me because I do see it as a uh, almost like when we played music you know like you built making albums art and the, releasing that work and I see our company as kind of like the craft beer model you know of Louisiana um, uh, fruit and vegetables and pulling that flavor in and have seasonal varieties and fermentation so there's big plans and just what's keeping us right now I, I can't blame we just have it seven seven month old son you know but but uh i wouldn't give him up for anything but that happened around covid um i've been we've been talking about it for years that with our family base keeps growing and growing and growing we just need a place we just need to bite the bullet you know throw down a couple of hundred thousand and start doing it locally rather than driving the basin bridge to baton rouge to lsu and and um which is great it's a great, you know, place to be, but it's kind of like um, sooner or later you got to get out of your parents' uh, basement and um, and do it yourself, you know. Right. So, so Tara, uh, when you see everything on one place on your website, it's astounding how many Cajun products there are in the world. I have um, to scratch the surface on that. <laughs> of course, uh, and, and it's like what's kind of even more surprising, I guess, is that is that most people who live in Acadiana tend not to get their roux out of a bottle or their you know sort of their holy trinity out of a freeze dried bag, or that's what we're led to believe. So it kind of like makes me wonder, right? Like, who is your customer? Like, if most of us are going to swear by you know like my, you know I don't ever use jarred roux or whatever, right? And like, who are you really selling to? Is it, is there really that much of an appetite internationally for you know? very localized goods so there a lot of my customers are cajun expats they've left louisiana but i will tell you especially since covid we have been shipping a lot to youngsville lafayette and people do buy roux in a jar even though they'll swear that they're not they're definitely buying their roux in a jar for a quicker gumbo at home and uh we've been supplying everybody with everything since covid hit um i mean Camellia red beans. I mean, I flew through a thousand bags in one weekend. Um, I bought the last of uh, Baker Farms popcorn rice uh, for the season. I, I can't get any more until his next crop comes in. <laughs> um, but people are eating, you know, canned beans and they'll tell you like, oh, I'm, I made these white beans all day long, but they're blue runner out of a can. Like I know their secrets, <laughs> but there's no shame in that for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I'll admit, I use jarred roux probably more often than not. In fact, I made a sauce piquant not long ago, and I tried using, like, I made my own roux, and it was kind of a nightmare, uh, and I probably shouldn't admit that online. Um, but, you know, it, it is interesting to me that there is a sort of appetite, like, locally. I remember there's sort of a saying, right, that, you know, the Cajuns really, you know, um, they really have an appetite for their, for, for their own for their own goods, right? But, like, I am sort of curious if you've noticed, you know, a real tendency in in the difference between sort of the buying habits between people who are kind of just like, you know, the expat community, let's say, or even people who say buy stuff here and like what your, you know, your typical say, I'll just use broadly, you know, foreign consumer might buy. Like, is it that if you're from the area originally, you're more likely coming to you to buy, 
you know, camellia red beans. And Absolutely. then if you're, if you're from Acadiana, like you're, I can tell like what, where you're most likely from by what you're buying. Cause they stick to the brands that they know really well. Like um, if you're a Carrie's Rue person, yeah, you're buying Carrie's Rue, you know, and then there's other people that are like, okay, I only buy uh, Savoie's, you know? So and there's, um, definitely some brand loyalty out there. Barbecue sauce is another big one. You know, you have some people that like the Daigle style barbecue sauce, and then you have the other people that swear by Jack Miller's and they won't use anything else other than Jack Miller's. Um, and they're all Cajun barbecue sauces, but completely different styles. So it just depends on maybe what part of the state you're from, what part of Acadiana you're from. Um, but I can send, I can, uh, sense people's, you know, Baton Rouge is its own totally thing. Like people in Baton Rouge buy completely different stuff. Um, their stuff is not as spicy uh, as it would be in Lafayette. Uh, I think here we, and I sell Cajun Power brand to everybody though. And if you haven't tried Cajun Power, you should try Good Cajun people Power. Too. They're really cool. <laughs> They're great yeah. people. And I also carry farmer's daughter pepper uh, jelly, and, <laughs> which oh, is so good. Is it good. By the way, I need to send a purchase order. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I can find somebody to fill it. <laughs> Me. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's cool. Yeah, we, so I need to get some more hot sauce online. Yeah, no, we, we love you. And we're thankful that you carry our products. Absolutely. Well, uh, it's definitely, I can see when you're getting some uh, press and stuff because the uh, all of a sudden, everybody wants um, the hot sauce, you know, and then I have a lot of people buy um, the green pepper sauce because of the box. Yeah, the, the premonition. Yeah. Uh, we can be cheeky. We can be cheeky with hot sauce. On the box. Names. Yeah, and yeah. It's our cat. Like, people are like, cats. I don't like hot sauce, but I got to have this bottle. <laughs> Yeah, it's not melt your face hot yeah. sauce. It's just kind of like hot. Yeah. You know? uh, that's Kara's influence. She's the halo and I'm the horns, you know. So she's always the one saying, um, don't make it as hot, Troy. And I'm like, make it hotter. You know, it's everything. I like stinky cheese. She likes, you know, velvety, you know, cheese, like brie and stuff. And so that's the yin and yang of our relationship and our company, you know. So it's like American Gothic, you know, she's got the wire halo. Yeah. You know, the, the wings, the fake wings, and I've got the you know, pitchfork and the little horns, little plastic horns, you know, so that's kind of like our dichotomy. So Absolutely. Anyway. Primo, I'd like to put the kind of the same question to you. I mean, you, you make a variety of products. I mean, like you just said, a variety of products, even at different, you know, heat levels. I mean, do you notice that based on where, say, things are getting shipped, like, I mean, you know, who's get going for what Scoville level? I mean, is that something that you really pick up a pattern it's, on? It's really odd because we do better, like with our hot sauce outside of this, this city and this state. I mean, we sell it in the state and we were actually selling a lot in New Orleans and then COVID kind of, I think New Orleans is still kind of locked down, you know, as far as the, the quarter, you know, we've sent a lot of hot sauce to the quarter. Um, magnolia spice but anyway um hot sauce all over the country man in fact ohio area pennsylvania they tear it up and the chili heads go for the you know the swampadelic which is really the, the melt your face 1.5 million scoville kind of sauce and they, they consume it like crazy i mean um so that i really can't pinpoint a demographic but um the geographic location but the chili heads they seem to be all over the place um in lafayette 
the premonition seems to be selling probably the best, you know, um, the Swampadelic's a mixer, you know, for most people, I mean, it makes a great crawfish dip, but an average Joe or Jill, it's going to take them about two years to finish a bottle. So, you know, um, it's priced at, you know, seven bucks and most people around here aren't, you know, they, they don't know what $7 bottle of hot sauce should be or, they think I'm proud, you know, and I'm charging that much, but the margins aren't that inflated. It's just, it's a premium boutique product. We're not chasing the Walmart model in that regard. So we're not using South American mash. We're, we're growing our own peppers, you know, um, it, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's an artisan. Like I said, you know, it's like the craft beer model and I'd rather do that. And have a comfortable living, happy living, putting out many works and many hot sauces. And uh, it's getting to the point where I could probably, we could, I should have to, we have to include care in this. We could probably uh, um, release products like, you know, quarterly, uh, you know, and, and have different, and, and have, this is a great fan base. Like you touched on it. Um, it's frustrating for me because I have all these ideas and I'll, we'll get to them in due time. But right now um, I find that locals like the, 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 just the hot, you know, they're getting into the super hots, but you know, not yet a little bit. So, you know, one thing that I think you guys kind of may have in common between the, the two businesses, right? Is there's this idea you're taking products that, you know, I don't know that necessarily people historically thought of them as boutique or as a, as delicacies, right? But there's an extent to which they're now being marketed that way. I mean, do you find any sort of resistance to the idea that like this stuff, you know, this stuff should be cheap? This is the food that you know I grew up on. I just kind of thinking about when restaurants have tried to sell Cajun food to Cajun people and put kind of a more of a bougie spin on it, and it's been you know, not that successful because people say like, well, I can make that at home. I don't want to spend 15, 20 bucks on it. I mean, has the price point affected the way you guys have to put this business out? Obviously it's a little different Tara, where you're actually selling the products that are made here, but there's a premium on shipping it and such like that. So I don't know. I mean, have you found that, that people are willing to pay a premium for a product that is kind of more typically associated with, you know, more modest means? I, I find they'll, they're buying it, you know, in fact, through COVID, our online sales just boomed, like Tara was saying about hers. Um, locally, I mean, the pepper jelly, I'm, I'm talking about hot sauce here, pepper jelly is just kills it in, in the grocery stores around here, uh, Rouse's Whole Foods, you know, and mom and pops, it kills it. It's, it's, and it's in the specialty section, though. So it's assumed, you know, it's, it's a specialty product. Hot sauce I mean, I've got, I've got the usual suspects in my fridge too. They have their place, you know, um, I'm not knocking them, you know, but I grew up with that stuff, but it's South American mash. It's brought in dirt cheap. You add water to it. And I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to make and it's pretty cost effective to make. So yeah, I have some resistance more locally, you know, until they taste it and they get, they get, they get it, you know, and they, they, they read about us and, and then they're like, they're on board. So it's not for everybody. And I won't even try to tackle that, that market, that other market. I mean, I don't have a, you know, I don't envision myself on the, on the king of the castle of Avery Island or anything. You know, I'm not trying to do that. It'd be nice though. It's a nice place, you know, but uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm more modest about it. Kind of like we would when we played music, man, you and I, you know, in Indy's cool. You know, it's fine. I don't have to be signed to A&M Records. In fact, I'll probably be happy 
uh, with a smaller label. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you. I just, I didn't really have much choice in the matter. T- Tara, how, <laughs> how did, so, um, I definitely feel that people are willing to pay, um, that premium. And honestly, we've tried to price ourselves pretty competitively because, um, one thing that got me into, um, selling on Cajun Crate is that most of my family lives out of state. And so they're, you know, on Amazon trying to buy stuff and, you know, they're like, Oh, blue runner beans are so expensive. And I'm like, well, it's just because they added the shipping into the total, you know, it's not really free shipping. So, um, we, on Cajun Crate, we have $9 flat rate shipping. Uh, so you can get anything, um, you know, your whole cart shipped to you for $9. And then we have, you know, some free ship, like right now where any orders over $50 uh, ship for free um, within a certain weight range. You know, if you want to ship a hundred pounds of beans to yourself, you know, it'll be a quoted shipping price. Um, that is not out of the norm right now. <laughs> so um, anyways, but no, people are willing to pay that premium because uh, on comparison of other sites or on Amazon, uh, you know, once you get your cart total at the end, it ends up being cheaper. And most people will go on there and typically do some grocery shopping, or if I have, you know, free shipping over 50, they get to that $50 price range and just, you know, load up on a bunch of Cajun power spaghetti sauce and some Zydeco chop chop real quick, just so they can, you know, get to that free shipping level to make it like their grocery shopping. We're a little higher than like your typical grocery store if you're shopping here. But the good thing about us is if you wanted to get everything um, that you're buying from Cajun Crate, you'd have to go to like six different grocery stores. Um, so we're trying to source stuff from all over the state, you know, and all over Acadiana just so we can be the one-stop shop. You're listening to Out to Lunch Acadiana. I'm Christian Mater. I'm talking with Terry Gidry from Cajun Crate and Troy Primo with Primo's Peppers. We'll be right back after this quick break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. I'm talking with Troy Primo, who everyone calls Primo, from Primo's Peppers, and Tara Gidry from Cajun Crate. So Tara and Primo, I, I, I do want to switch things up just a little bit. Um, this is a segment I like to call the job I might have had. A lot of us end up in careers that we probably wouldn't have imagined for ourselves you know, as kids. So I'd really like to know what that job would have been for you. I mean, Primo, you've referenced uh, my, my languished career in music, right? Like my... <laughs> And then yet here I am. Um, so I mean, what, what, what's let's start with you. I mean, if if you weren't making peppers, what what path were you on? Oh, I was daydreaming. I was I was thinking back about playing music. <laughs> so no, that was I mean back then playing music. I was like, we're gonna make it. This is it. You know, this is it. We're doing it. You know, and thinking back upon um, that those days now, it's pretty silly for me to think such, but. The good thing happened, I met Kara and I mean, she pushed me to go to school, end up, you know, nursing then horticulture. So I had a fork in the road between nursing and horticulture. So I was going nursing. I had like two semesters left and um, I was just totally into plants and I had a, you know, not the, the long winded answer, but I was working in the department, the horticulture department, because I had a, we had a, a grant, I had a grant and, um, picking the brain of the horticulturist and, you know, and they were kind of pulling me in that direction. Um, so I, I switched my major and my family thought it was suicide, you know, <laughs> you know, what I'm going to do be a, a, a landscape landscaper, nothing wrong with that, but I'm fair skinned and, you know, I really don't like really heat. So um, I ended up um, 
unless it's peppers that is uh, i ended up switching to peppers and uh to horticulture and uh, so i could have been a nurse pretty close to being a nurse wow i like yeah. nurturing so, things so, you know peppers yeah. so you, you, you kill you, them it's no big deal though you know so you were in a, a, a band here folks would have may have known uh, Santeria. I mean, how long were you all together, actually? Oh, man, they were together before I was in the sea. So I joined in 97, and I guess to 2005, I guess. Wow. Um, we yeah. got back together and made an album. Our drummer, Krishna Kesteri, was involved in a head-on collision with 18-wheeler. He's fine mm-hmm. now, but for a while there, we went on hiatus, and my buddy, Brother Deej, went and did his thing, and I helped him out with some albums. So I did some production, and... Um, I was in school at that time, you know, the latter, yeah. latter part of the, the, the band. And um, it just wasn't for me, man. You know how it is, you know, bath, uh, you know, truck stops and, and all that stuff, you know, late nights. Yeah. Um, so gas I, station coffee. What's that? <laughs> said gas station coffee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I had to think of yeah. something conducive to family life because I'd met a good girl. Yeah. And I, um, what's rock and roll um, but hot peppers? I mean, you know, if you can't play it, you might as well grow it and yeah. uh, legally <laughs> so uh you know that's that's kind of like where i was you know i was in almost a nurse and uh went into this and and now it's 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 way profitable more profitable than i would imagine but it all kind of fell in my lap kind of it's kind of like the passion was there um a lot of you know a lot of luck too and some know-how but you know would i've thought i'd sit and talk to y'all about this pepper I created from the highest in the world and world known. Um, no, I, I never would have thought. There, there are a few, there are a few things that are less, that aren't more profitable than playing music these days. Tara, um, I'm curious to, to know what, what job would we be talking about today? Were you not running Cajun Crate right now? Oh, well, I mean, before I um, started Cajun Crate, I was an operations manager at a, a local Apple computer store, the orchard. And, uh, I was in charge of all the locations and, uh, day-to-day operations and also, um, implementing point of sales systems for, uh, restaurants and, uh, retail businesses. So through implementing point of sale systems and, you know, running day-to-day operations, I got to really know how a wide variety of different businesses worked. Um, and, I mean, I think it maybe took, um, I never thought about working for myself. And I think it took me having my first son uh, for me to go like, okay, I think I want to uh, stay, be a stay at home mom and like do this whole like parenting thing. And that lasted for like two weeks. And I was like, (laughs) I want to start my own business. (laughs) And uh, my husband was, you know, we were just like, oh, we're sending so much Cajun food because this is a problem we all have if we are from this area. If you have someone that lives out of state, you're always sending some type of care package to someone that lives out of state. Like, oh, here's your roux, here's your coffee, you know, here's your hot sauce, whatever it is, you know, that you can't get in your local grocery store. So he's like, oh, well, that's what your new business should be. You should start a subscription box and call it Cajun Crate. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm, I got online, I got the LLC, I got the .com, you know, I was like, let's do it. And um, yeah, and now I have, I have, I have three businesses now. I'm a part of three uh, businesses. So I've now turned into like a serial entrepreneur and I really like working for myself. Um, 
and running different businesses because they all have different operations. And uh, actually, um, Cajun Crate and my next business, um, Troy, we are trying to start a kitchen in Lafayette, Cultivation Kitchen. Okay. And it's uh, Cajun Crate will store is starting to store dry goods for other smaller companies around Lafayette um, or the Acadiana area. Uh, so now I'm not only uh, fulfilling my orders, but I'm starting to fulfill other um, smaller company orders as well, as long as it's doing their storage. But we've also partnered with a, a local distributor and we're uh, in the Tops building. Uh, Sherry Latour uh, from Tops and Boyer from um, Good Eats and Daphne from uh, the um, unconventional dietitian, we've all formed a new business that's going to bring a uh, local uh, incubation and commissary kitchen to Lafayette. That's good, wow. man. So, that's good. So no, said- I was like, oh, I need to tell Troy. Yeah, I mean, that would that <laughs> definitely, I mean, we'll, we'll need to talk. But it, you know, starting Cajun Crate made me go, oh, there's, um, it made me meet people like you. It made me meet people, you know, in your situation that are like, oh, I need a kitchen. Oh, I need storage. Oh, I need distribution. And I'm meeting so many different people um, in this industry. It's making me um, pivot in my own business, you know, so I don't know, just day to day, you know, things make me just you know you never you never end up doing what you set out to do but what it forms into you know meet a lot of great people along the way yeah it's always important to just kind of follow the path where it takes you you know um so look if you've been wondering whether your next gumbo should feature buddies down the bayou gumbo mix or gidry's seasoned gumbo mix whose packaging says a delicious easy meal you just need to remember your spoon you can get them both and a whole lot more at cajuncrate.com and if you've been wondering what it would be like to blow your head off with a one and a half million Scoville Primo Pepper. I hope we've been able to give you some sense of that sensation today, but if you're still determined to actually do it, please make sure you tape it and post it to our Instagram. Y'all, we've run out of time, um, but we certainly haven't run out of conversation. Tara and Primo, I look forward to keeping up with the both of you and catching up with you again sometime soon. Thank you for joining me today on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Troy Primo, Pepper Czar and co-owner of Primo's Peppers, and Tara Guidry, owner and creator of Cajun Crate and co-owner of Local Solutions. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on KRBS. You can hear our unedited version and find out more about Primo, Tara, and their businesses by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's acadiana.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from the show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur, and you can find more of her photos at lafleurphoto.com. We'll be going back to hosting Out to Lunch at the French Press sometime soon, and in the meantime, they're up and running. Wednesday through Sunday, mind your social distancing. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Molly Richard. Our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Christian Mater, editor of The Current, Lafayette's community-owned nonprofit newsroom. Thank you for joining me for more great stories and conversation. Check out thecurrentla.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter. I'll see you here again next week around our virtual lunch table for more business Acadiana style. 
on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 